bounce off our melanin so beautifully. <laughs> We're all good. That point. Okay, you ready? Okay. So, welcome to Ricky B. Talking. Um, this is the third episode. I know you guys have missed me. I've missed you guys, too. Um, hope you guys had a happy new year and a great Christmas. I um, am so overwhelmed at the support I have received for this podcast. Um, if you've been following my page, you'll see that I've had so many views on YouTube. I had some haters, too, mm-hmm. and that's okay. I'm going to come for y'all, but I ain't going to do it right now. I'm going to wait till I get a little, little bit more notoriety, then I'm going to start coming for y'all. <laughs> but That's anyway, so today is a very important conversation. Um, It's going to be a two-part <laughs> series about therapy in the black community. So I have two guests with me, and I want to introduce them, or I actually want them to introduce themselves. So I will start with you first. Hello, I'm Nikita Ledbetter. Uh, I am the owner of Mental Resilience Services located in North Dallas. Okay, awesome. And do you have any social media? <clears throat> yes, you can follow the Mental Resilient page on Instagram. Also, you can follow me, the Resilient Therapist, on Instagram, and then Nikita Ledbetter on Facebook. Awesome. And now my other co-host. Hey, y'all. Hey, I am Shantae Jackson. I go by the Homegirl Therapist. Um, I am the owner of Homegirl Therapy <laughs> Services. Um, it is a virtual private practice. I'm 100% online currently. Um, and you can find me on all of the social medias at the Homegirl Therapist. Okay, awesome. And so one of the biggest questions I want to know, um, just getting into your personal lives, digging into your business, is... What made you choose the occupation of therapy? Gone, Nikita. <laughs> <laughs> well, for me, curiosity, and I'm nosy. I'm okay. very nosy. And I say that as in, like, I used to sit and watch people, and I used to mm-hmm. wonder, like, why? Like, why would you do that? Even if it was things that didn't make sense to me that was stupid, okay. for lack of a better term. I'd just be like, <laughs> and I remember specifically I was in English class, Miss Moreland's class, um, and I was just looking out the window watching people do stuff. And I and I recall um, asking her, would you do, and I can't remember exactly what it was, but whatever this person was doing out the window. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was like, why would you ask that? I was like, because logically that just doesn't make sense to me. Like right. that was really dumb. <laughs> and so she looked at me and she said, have you ever thought about being a counselor or a therapy or anything psychology? And I was like, yes. Um, and then so that following semester, I was enrolled in dual credit my junior year in high school doing it. Um, and then on the personal side, um, I've shared this in, uh, which is, is it was new to me because I hadn't told anybody. I told a couple people since I was in a relationship with. Mm-hmm. Um, but my background, I did, I don't know the, um, what vlog is that that Dallas does stories on people? Voyage Dallas. Voyage. Okay. I got it. you, girl. She always got my back. <laughs> Still mad at this. Bitch, I know. I know. I know. I know. Anyway, um, they did a story. So finally, and then a friend of mine that I went to college with wanted to do one as well. So I was like, let me just be transparent and open up. Um, but m- both of my parents were in and out of prison. My mom been in prison since she uh, since I was ten. So she did twenty two years. She's been out, I think, four now. Okay. Um, my dad was in and out of prison, um, off and on for about. He did like a nine year stretch at one point. Um, so raised with my grandparents, aunts, uncles, no solid stability growing mm-hmm. up. Um, and in the process of this instability that I had growing up, I was molested. Um, so a lot of that was I didn't want kids to feel how I felt. Mm-hmm. So that's my special as I, I love my babies. 
Oh, yeah. That's a great mm-hmm. story, though, because, like, it's great when you have a passion for what you do instead of just doing it just for the money. And it right. sounds like you really have a passion. You have a story behind why you do what you oh, do. Oh, yeah, I don't work. Which is why you're great. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And what about you, Miss Shante? Um, so originally I went to college for criminal justice, but I only lasted a semester, child. <laughs> anyway, so. <laughs> well, at least I you went... do what you wanted to do, kind of. <laughs> right. And so I ended up taking a psychology course um, as a. Um, uh, elective and it kind of just changed my world but naturally I've always felt like there are reason behind behaviors mm-hmm. and I was always interested especially in um dealing with probationers or people who have been in the criminal system mm-hmm. it's like we criminalize them but we don't ever ask the root and understand the why behind a lot of things mm-hmm. and so I've always been curious in that um and naturally I I want the underdog to win, but we always, I always feel like people are misunderstood. Right. And so, like, I have this natural, like, no, I get it. I see you. I hear you. And I always want people to feel seen and heard when they talk to me. And then just on a personal note, I didn't feel seen and heard. I didn't feel valued. I had my own issues of just not feeling confident, not feeling like I was enough and willing to do anything for love. And so it's like, yeah. Let's heal that baby <laughs> and um, let me heal other people because there are so many black women. There are so many people in our culture who struggle with stuff like that mm-hmm. and don't feel like they they see people in our field who would just get them. Right. 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 Like you, I can read in between the lines. You ain't got to say much. You right, know what I'm saying? Because right. we have the same experience. Right. And so that's where my love for it comes and just seeing somebody like, dang, she really get me. And so yeah. now the healing process can start. So. That's good because, you know, I'm glad you brought up this because I looked up a a stat earlier. And um, one thing that I saw was that um, from the Anxiety and Depression Association of America said that more than 7 million black and African-American individuals in the U.S. are living with some sort of mental health condition. That's a lot, you know. And so Mm -hmm. just the fact that it's that many of us that's dealing with things and we don't really see a lot of representation Mm -hmm. in that field um so i so i'm happy that you guys have stories behind it and i'm happy that you guys are killing it and what you do mm-hmm. because you know um we need that we need yeah. that in the community um being in dallas <clears throat> what i've realized is even in searching for a therapist myself that there's not a lot of black therapists and mm-hmm. so it's really truly hard mm-hmm. to find someone to who you feels like gets you not that another race couldn't get me, right. but it's just easier when you have a similar background to where you don't have to explain a lot of things. Like you said earlier, mm-hmm. it's just like, I get it. Yeah. You don't have to say it. I mm-hmm. get it. So um, I do. I, I found it like really puzzling that like in Dallas, there's not a lot of black therapists. So do you feel that um, that there is a lack of representation in the black community in therapy occupation? I think. So now I feel like there's a lot more exposure for therapists of color, and I see a lot more of us out there than I did when I first started. Um, 
I think the struggle is it's not that we aren't there. Mm -hmm. A lot of times in our culture when we go and we try to give therapy a try, if it don't work the first time, we're not going back. Mm -hmm. Right? And it's like... (laughs) (laughs) No, she's right. She's funny. But then I I also tell people, I have to tell some of my clients, I'm not your priest. Yes. They be like, what? I be like, you only come when you got a problem to talk about it. Right. And then Mm -hmm. as soon as you process it out and then like, it feel good to talk about some things sometimes, right? Right. So once you get that moment and you're like, whoo, that felt good just to say without it. the judgment and then it's like oh I feel good and then you just go on it's like you haven't even scratched the surface it's a continued boot. process yeah, right not a one time thing absolutely. that you can do so yeah well you know I hope that changes to where um, we do see more of us in that field mm-hmm. because like I said it has been a struggle for me personally mm-hmm. um, same thing it's not just this field actually it's a lot of the healthcare field Yeah. Um, it's been really hard for me to find a black doctor yeah. um, for Years when I was in Dallas, I didn't have a primary doctor because I was so stuck on, I want a black doctor. Mm-hmm. I have a black dentist. I want a black, black doctor. Everything. And I was just like, you know, and so I just, I, I want that area of of um, of health care to mm-hmm. have just as many of us as, you know, all of the other areas that we see ourselves in. And I, honestly, too, I think what I appreciate about social media and stuff like that is as we have, like, I get a lot of... um people who are getting into our field and they have questions and all of that but when I first got into this field it wasn't a lot of us on social media like that and we were taught that we had to be a certain way and honestly like we had to be this robot like we can't have any personality we're supposed to be this blank slate our culture don't work like that. Right. We don't trust blank slates. Like, we don't right. trust somebody who just is showing no emotion. Right. And so because they see, like, oh, I can be a therapist and be dope as hell, or I can be a therapist and I can talk like this, then more people want to get into this field. Yeah, and you know, I'm glad you brought that up. Because it's not on this, <laughs> it's not in the, it's not in the queue to ask. But do you guys feel any pressure to be a certain way or to represent yourself a certain way? Because... People consider therapists as, they're perfect. I mean, like, they're telling me what to do. Mm-hmm. Like, they're yeah. perfect. So do you feel that pressure? Um, Not so much anymore, mm-hmm. but I did before. Well, okay. <laughs> Shantae can back you up on this. <laughs> Funny story on how I even got my, so our names, yeah. we actually came up with our names together. Okay. We worked in a, a psych uh, inpatient hospital together. That's how oh, we originally met. Oh, okay. Met. So y'all yeah, already knew intern. each other. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As interns. <laughs> That's where my beef come in. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> so, so it's a backstory. We had a whole business plan together. <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. Together. I mean, we together, but we ain't together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, to answer your question, um, I was the hard-headed one. Mm-hmm. She was the <laughs> buy the book, follow, and I was the one to be like, this shit don't make sense. Right. <laughs> These people not finna listen to this. <laughs> she dumb. Mm-hmm. She's a social worker. She ain't never did the clinical experience. Yeah. And right. she's looking like, so, but we just... No. No, no, <laughs> yeah. no, no. That was me. Like, I was very open and honest about cross right. the board. Right. I didn't care who thought what of me. Mm-hmm. I actually got fired. <laughs> well, we're being real right now. So if you got tell fired, just tell the truth. Um, but I actually got fired because they wanted me to do something to where they didn't think just because I looked and talked yeah. like I was, they didn't know what I knew my shit. Yeah. Okay. They wanted me to do something that I could have lost my license for, which means it only affects me. If I lose my right. license, this it's hospital continues continue on. on. Right. I can't work anymore. Right. And they wanted me to do something out, and I went to them with the cold, baby. Just... This right here says I'm not allowed to do that. Right. So you're being insubordinate, if that's what you want to call it. 
But according to the LPC board, I'm not allowed to do this right. because I've never interacted with this patient. Right. So I can't step in and do this, what you're asking me to do. So that's why I got fired. So I I, I yelled that to the rooftop because I got fired from doing something that right. my license board said I'm not supposed to do. So ethically, I was right. I could live with that. Right, right. So I would say in that phase, I was kind of like, I didn't have a stigma or being ashamed of anything. Mm-hmm. But as I grew in the field, um, I learned to kind of scale it back a little bit mm-hmm. and know kind of when to say what and how to say what. Um, because not only was it unprofessional at times, um, it was more so mm, it can come off bias of okay. like I'm saying certain things or doing certain mm-hmm. things to a certain, if I'm in this hospital with obviously a bunch of ethnicities, it is right, like right. Um, catching myself saying things like, mm, that's white people shit. That's right. But you can't say those things, right? So it's like, I'm saying like, those are the things that I had to literally be like, what is wrong with you, Nikita? Nikita. I'm like, you know? Nikita. Exactly. And so it's just kind of like those things of that. So right. once I kind of realized and learned who I am, which is a process yes. in therapy in itself, Absolutely. you have to learn who you are so you can be these Com- mm-hmm. um, professionals to other people right. to kind of right. know that, yes, when I say that I'm relatable, I don't say that I'm relatable because I'm black. Right. I say that I'm relatable because of life and experience. Right. And I've done stupid things because there are, unfortunately, other races who have their own stigmas that mm-hmm. will come to me in therapy and be like, well, I feel like this way, I feel like that way. And I'll just be like, that's just a feeling or an emotion you have because of this situation, right. or this core belief, right. and these things that we break down. Right. So I did. Um, and then once I left there, I went to a Chris- Christian um Counseling services, home and family services. I always shout them out. She still, she was my, I was her first intern. Love them. I'm a board member with them. Um, she is the old fashioned therapist by the book. Going to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Great lady. Great organization. Um, loves helping people. Um, just great overall. You know. <clears throat> and then from then, and I, the only reason why I'm actually not there in this moment because I feel like God had a plan for me. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and He knew I'm, I'm one of those loyal to a fault type people. Right. So I would have stayed. Right. So it was kind of a situation where I'm in private practice by accident. It wasn't mm. on purpose. And we okay. can get to that down okay, the line. Yeah, as we, we can definitely talk about, yeah. But I went to LifeWorks from her to LifeWorks and to continue on with answering the question. And it was the Castle Hill people, kind of the money. Mm. Okay. And so I kind of got that like, you mm. know, and people are looking at me like, and so to give you also some background, when I was doing my internship, when I first got licensed, mm-hmm. I worked in a maximum security prison. I'm from West Texas. Okay. So in Amarillo, Texas, I, and like I'm, people are either hanging, getting raped, fight. You know. Wow. I've had. Um, I don't know if anybody ever heard. I can't. I can't forget his name. But he would. They call him the eyeball killer. And I want to say he was from Dallas. He used to like kill prostitutes and like cut their eyeballs yes, out. Yes, girl. I saw a documentary. Yeah, I might need he to. He was on my case <laughs> Yeah. There's a guy from. Uh. So it was just kind of like these things to where it's like. I was so used to trauma. And then when mm-hmm. I went to Home and Family Services, we're dealing with adoption. And yeah. that was probably my best feeling was I got to be in a courtroom where a girl got actually got adopted. Right, like, from right. the whole process to the beginning. But that's hard mentally. Like, yeah. you know, watching kids be removed and mm-hmm. having to do therapy. Yep. And they just want their parents and all these things. To go to sit across somebody who has a maid, who mm-hmm. has a, mm-hmm. um, a nanny, who doesn't work, who mm-hmm. husband has all this money, but you have anxiety. Right. And I'm looking at you like, girl, what's your problem? And I didn't know how to deal with that. <laughs> right. And that was kind of one of those things to where I, that's when I felt like I don't know my job because, 
yes, I helped all these people and kept people alive in prison and dealt with these babies who have all this trauma. I'm trauma certified. I have all this, you know. I'm, you I'm on shit. your shit. You <laughs> on your saying? shit. And then this lady looking at me like I got anxiety and I got to call time out and say, I don't know what to do with her. <laughs> and right. looking at me like, what do you mean? And that's what makes a that's what makes you great in your profession when you can say, I don't have the answer. I need to figure this out. I don't know. Let me figure this out. I got this. I can yes. figure it out. But it makes you more trustworthy. Mm-hmm. I trust someone who can just tell me, I don't oh, know the answer, oh but I'm going to find out. That's really important. So yeah. I'm so happy to hear you say that, you know, because that's really big in that occupation as well is yeah. I have to be able to trust you, you know? Yes. Yes. So and what's your story? Do you ever feel like you needed to represent a certain look, a certain uh, personality to be in your field? Of course. I think for me, though, I was also didn't like I didn't know who I was. Mm-hmm. And so I was easy. I was able to just mold myself into what I thought a therapist would look like. Okay. And I remember my first year doing therapy on my I had a supervisor. But as an intern, those first first two years with my clients, like, I'm sorry, y'all. I be telling them, listen, come back now. I'm way better because <laughs> y'all, y'all, let me talk to the camera. Y'all. <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> but there is growth and I'm better, but it was because I wasn't being myself. Mm-hmm. And so after I saw that I really wasn't having any success with the clients, I'm like, okay, what can I do? Because this isn't working for right. me. Um, and then I just slowly started to introduce just my own personality and my own flow. And I started to see a change. Okay. But the more I got comfortable with myself, the more I was able to just be myself in sessions and I feel like that is the thing that keep people coming back. But right. I did feel like I needed to talk a certain way. I needed to dress a certain way. I needed to sit a certain way. I needed to be a certain way because that's how it was represented to us in yeah. grad school. Yeah. And then most of our professors <clears throat> were white. Right. You know what I'm saying? And so, I like, I got tattoos on my hands right now, bro. Like... <laughs> I am completely 100% okay with being myself. Right. But I also know that I created this lane for me by going into private practice, by working for myself so that I could be Be myself 100% like all the time. And if I'm not your cup of tea, what's great is you ain't got to see me. Right. (laughs) And it's all love. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to send you to, I refer people who I like, I'm going to send you to my people who I know can help you. Right. Right. And it's just... I just love it here. That's that's (laughs) great to hear you guys talk about that because I think that's a big thing in every occupation. I'm even thinking about myself as you guys are talking Mm -hmm. and I'm thinking like how I'm from the country, you know, (laughs) Mississippi, Louisiana, like that's me Mm -hmm. all day. And so moving to Dallas six years ago, um, it's a very professional city. I pretty much have always worked virtually mm-hmm. um, since I've been in Dallas, but there were times where I had to go in the office. So there was a period of my life where I was going into the office and I would have to interact with people. But the one thing that sets me apart on my job from most people is I don't put on. Mm-hmm. I literally talk like I'm talking to you guys right now. Yeah. That's how I talk at work. Yeah. I don't put on a, an, an imposter. I'm not an imposter at work. Mm-hmm. And then I have to like, I have to code switch. Mm-hmm. I can't, I do have to tone it down. Like you said at times, because there are times where I'm like, what? Like, what the fuck are you talking? Like, yeah. you know, like I, I really will say things like on the call. And I, yeah. like, I have to mute myself. I'm like, am I on mute? Cause yeah. I, I don't want to say the wrong thing, but <laughs> I do still have those moments, but I do pride myself on. I'm able to truly be myself. And in any job that 
takes me is going to mm-hmm. have to take all of me because one thing about it is I may talk the way I do. I may act the way I do or, you know, whatever you think is, like, not professional. Yeah. But I'm the best motherfucker yeah. that at my job that you're going to find, period. Mm-hmm. I know my shit. Mm-hmm. So you ain't going to never be able to compete with me because I know myself. I'm smart. Right. So I think <clears throat> just in general, that's a really big lesson is yeah. be yourself at all times, even on the job, because it's more receptive to people. People Absolutely. trust you and people think you're genuine when you um just come across as being your true self. So because look at it, look at it. You don't we don't like fake people. Exactly. Like you don't like fake people. Exactly. You don't like people who putting on, so Mm-mm. stop putting on. Exactly. Then, but then we even talk about the terms too of fake people. That's so my goal with all my clients, starting from my my babies to even my five year olds, yes, you're gonna develop and change at five, obviously. But at five, my goal for you when you walk out my office is some level of self accusation. Mm-hmm. Because you have to know who you are. Right. So and that is Part of the stigma in our community, too, is we don't know who we are as black people true. because of we, we I mean, when you take it all the way back to slaves yeah, and history, the, yeah. the history yeah. in itself yeah. and being told what you're supposed to do, how you're supposed to do it. If you want to get this level, you got to do yep. certain things. So you kind of lose sight of who you are, which aids to that anxiety and that depression. Right. Right. No, that that's I, this is a great conversation. Speaking of stigma, I think that's going to be my first direction I would like to take the conversation in is, um, what is your, what is, what are your thoughts on the idea that in the black community, people think that you're crazy if you have to go and seek medical attention? Because I do think that stigma, um, prevents us from going out and actually getting help a lot of times. So what are your thoughts around that? It's really based on lack of education. Mm-hmm. That, that's really what it boils um, down to, simply because people come up with that term because of TV, because mm-hmm. um, of other stigma that you've heard down the line, but there has been no research to say that. I mean, yes, don't get me wrong. There is a level of crazy. <laughs> not gonna right. therapy. We're not going to deny that. Yeah. Let me be very clear. Very clear. Um, <laughs> but... It doesn't mean that just because you go to therapy, you are crazy. And that's the misconception that you get. Right. Um, Also, it's attached to weakness. Yeah. Mm, Yes. Yes. And it's just kind of, yes, one of those things to where they they feel like that you are weak in a sense. Um, And like I was saying earlier, I don't even think I finished the whole background of how my my name come from was... um, Shantae came in one day and she closed the door because uh, we shared an office too. And she was like, "You hard headed." <laughs> she was like, "You are you a hard headed therapist? You just do what you want to do." And I'm like, "No," because and a lot of things that I was doing and adjusting to. Like I can give you a, a small story. She probably remember it was it was an old when I and this is back to education, right? Right. It was an old white lady, mm-hmm. and she had been experienced in this um, home health home where, you know, bad bad experience with black people. Right, right. Uh, stealing money, taking laundry <laughs> detergent. Oh, you know, and, You know when you live <laughs> Not, in them homes and right, people yeah. take advantage. Yeah. Right. So how people can do. Yeah. Um. So she had her own stigma about black people. Right. Oh, man. Understand. And she's already 80. So you was raised. Oh, yeah. She was already then. halfway. You was, yeah, well, you was racist anyway. <laughs> right. And it didn't help. So that's right. what it was, right? That's so then I, we... I built this rapport with this lady to where she started to trust us. And then she started to trust Shantae. And then we had, you know how everybody have they, they little groups and clicks mm-hmm, and work. So mm-hmm. we had our favorite techs, our mental health techs, <laughs> and we had our favorite nurses. And so as our 
little group gravitated to this lady. She just loved us. Lady didn't even want to leave the hospital. Didn't right? want to leave. So then one really? day she says, um, "Well, those coloreds," um, and everybody got pissed and like irate. And I was so mad because I was like, "Y'all ignorant." And they were like, "What you mean?" I'm like, "She said coloreds. That was a sign of respect in her time. She called you a said, colored, right? Because she could have called you." You know, hard ER. And all these things, right? <laughs> and, and so that was my... Per- and you'll hear me say a million times, my clients hear me say this, uh, perception is everything. Yeah. And it matters most. It does. Because that how you're going to view the world is through your lenses. It, right. It matters. And so I was like, that's how I took it. Like, it was a sign of respect. Like, she's 80. Yeah. Right, right. You know? And so they were like, so mad, nobody wanted to, you know, help her no more. And they didn't want to assist. And I'm like, that's, you know. But then when it hit, they was like, oh, yeah. Okay, so it's really just a lack of, to me, it's a lack of education on knowing what therapy is and its purpose and what services that we provide. Right. Um, Also, I like to add that they think that my job is to tell you what to do. I hear that I'm not going to nobody to pay them to tell me what to do. If somebody is telling you what to do, find you a new therapist Mm -hmm. because that's not my job. My job is to guide you, help you. I tell my clients. Look at your life as a puzzle. We're going to take all these puzzle pieces out your head. We're going to throw them on the table. But we're going to put them together back in a healthy manner to see fit for your life and things you want for you in the future. Right. It's My job is not to tell you what to do. I'm going to let you fall and bump your head. Then I'm going to have that moment where I'm going to say, let me take my professional head off. And I'm going to say, now look, motherfucker. Yeah. We've yeah. been going in circles. <laughs> yeah. And this is my favorite line is, I like free money. Yeah. Because <laughs> if you're going to keep coming in here and we keep talking about this same thing and you're not making you real life nothing. changes... At this point, you're giving me free money, and I'm going to take it, but I'm going to let you know you're giving me free money. Right. I'm not in here robbing you or stealing. You, right. You're not making any changes. Right. So if you're going to give it to me, baby, I'm going to kick my shoes off and take it. And the next time right. we have our sessions, I'm going to be eating because <laughs> I don't know what to tell you at this point. And that's what you get with me. I'm, you know, the crazy part is you said weakness. It's like we see it as a weakness. I think that's even bigger with men, black men. Oh, yes. Because I have heard so many black men say, I'm not going to go to therapy. That's for weak Shout niggas. out to all my black men. I got a men's group. A black <laughs> okay. men's group. She I love them. Y'all my. I love I, I, I can say that on her. No, I'm my nigga. I just said it. No, I said it already. So. No, for real. I love, I love doing therapy with black men. I love I doing do. therapy with black men. Well, because men. it's. So rare that you find a lot of us who are comfortable enough sharing what we've been through, mm-hmm. um, how we feel, and it is a sign of weakness in mm-hmm. our community, and it's something that we do need to break because I don't understand why mm-hmm. telling saying your feelings is. Yeah, weak. I, I think you know that, like Nikita said, I, it comes from our parents and my parents' parents, my grandparents, and so forth. Because and though they had to be strong because of what they were facing. Right. And that trauma is just passed down. And so now we have people who can't even recognize or acknowledge that there is an issue. Right. Because it's so normal. Right. And so because I'm used to this, this is what my life has been day in, day out. You come to me telling me that I'm depressed. You're fucking crazy. Exactly. And yep. it's like, <laughs> well, um. Okay, let's talk about right. it, right? And so a lot of times the stigma is it just just come, right? right? And, and give it a try. The other stigma that I think um, we have with black people is um, therapy and religion. 
Oh, that and you are going right into my next subject. So no, go keep it going. Yeah, so like therapy and religion, and I always tell people like you can go to church and you can have a therapist. I do exactly. feel like God created me and He uses me as a vessel to help um, guide you as you are trying to figure your life out. I ain't tell, I'm not telling you to stop praying. Right. right. I'm not telling you to stop going to church and doing all the things, but clearly. You need more. Right. Because you would not be in the yeah. place that you're in. Right. right. And I'm not saying that what God is doing is not, but I heard a saying somewhere. I you know, I don't know scripture, but faith without works is dead or something like yeah, that. You know what, what I'm saying? Yeah, so it's preach. like you can have that faith, but like what what the work is therapy. Right. That's the mm-hmm. work. Right? right. Like that's what he's talking about. Yes. I'm giving you the tools and the resources. Use them. Yes, right. that is, and a it goes back point. to education because yes. there are Christian therapists. It, uh, Home and Family Services, case in point. The only thing for me there was I felt like I don't want to be a preacher <laughs> because she correlates everything like to scripture. But it's perfect for any absolutely for the people. There's a if genre you need for a that. Christian yeah, that's a therapist. Home that. and Family Services yeah. is the place. In that place, like she has therapy correlated books. So like if you for depression, there's Scriptures and things in the Bible Mm -hmm. that correlates to depression, to anxiety, to, you know, things that have to do, whether it's your sexuality, you know, whether it's the the parental, you know, the whole spare the child, spare the rod, those things, you know, I don't know scriptures as well. Everything (laughs) is correlated (laughs) to the Bible, yeah. so, but I I had come to her one day like, I feel like I'm preaching and I I don't, I feel like I may be doing the word wrong. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) You gonna send me to hell because I'm telling people lies. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. So, it's so funny because she always called me Jonah. She said, because God has snatched me like the well and placed me because I'm always running and trying to do my own so it's well, and that's why you're in your own lane but, now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he snatched me because I didn't. <laughs> I so definitely happy. didn't steer this way on purpose. <laughs> but I'm so happy that you said that because that was one of the big topics of the stigma. Is, um, you know, it's actually it was a question and that mm-hmm. one of the um viewers asked. Okay. But I also there is another um comment saying out there that. Um, what goes on in this house stays in this house. Oh, yeah. And I think that is another reason why we as black people don't like to go and talk to people about Absolutely. our issues because we don't want to tell it. We don't want to hang out our dirty laundry, you know? So what, but the, what beautiful, your... the beautiful thing about go therapy, preach, girl. the beautiful <laughs> thing about therapy and dirty laundry is you're only giving it to me and I, by law, cannot tell anyone else. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's just foundational. Right. Confidentiality is you can come to me and tell me all your whatever. The only time I have to break that is if you tell me you want to harm yourself or you're trying to harm somebody else. Right. But someone's harming you or someone's harming you. Yes. And so that is the only um, that's the most important thing. I think that what. If I'm going to go deeper, go deeper, I feel like. When we have that saying, what goes in this house stays in this house, and those individuals attempt to come to therapy, there is this feeling of being disloyal or mm-hmm. betrayal mm-hmm. for their family or not wanting to feel like, I don't want to blame my mom because I also love her. Right. Right. And so here's the thing. It is. But there, you can have both. Yeah. You can feel both. Just because you're... You love your mom and you know your mom loves you. 
there are still things that happen to you that has caused you some sort of trauma that is affecting the way that you are behaving in your current life. Yeah. I ain't telling you you're going to cuss out your mama. Right. Don't right? do that. But you still going to have to figure out what the issue is. Well, we talk, we're taught as kids that mm-hmm. don't talk back. Mm-hmm. What I say goes. As in the black community, that's pretty much, I think we always mm-hmm. raised yeah. pretty much what? the same. Yeah. No matter where what? you were born. All black people was raised in the same household. I know. <laughs> you told, you <laughs> know, much. I brought you in this world. I'll take you out. Oh, my God. You yeah. know, uh, yeah. don't talk back. Yes. I pay the bills. It's when yes. you want to be grown, and you I get out of here. And I still raise mine that way. So no gentle parenting over there. It's it's still you know. We do a little mix, little yeah, mix. That's but, uh, a good little help yeah. to know. We, but we you, definitely you need both. You need mm-hmm. both. But um, we're taught that, and so that is a big part of it. Is don't don't tell our business. Like you yeah. don't go out and tell people what we're going through because that's going to embarrass us. And I think that is what keeps so many people from actually going to therapy because they feel like, like you said, if I. Say what really happened. Mm-hmm. It's gonna embarrass my mom. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's gonna embarrass my dad. Mm-hmm. People gonna think my mom is a horrible mom, mm-hmm. or my dad's a horrible dad, and mm-hmm. I love them. And if someone says something about them, it's up and stuck. Right. So you know, it's it's like we gotta break that mm-hmm. because you Lack have to start education. being real mm-hmm. with yourself. Yep. In order to heal, you got to be real with yep. yourself about but what happened. It goes back happened. to like you said, lack of education again. Yeah. yeah. You know, I had a, a old supervisor tell me one time. Um, I'm not, I would never get a black therapist because they tell your business. What? And so, and I, <laughs> right. But then like, like Shantae just said, um, you have that. And then just to throw out there, and I, I say this all the time, and I'm definitely not hating on any life coaches or relationship coaches, kudos, but I'm going to say this, take it how you want to. The beauty <laughs> of having an LPC, a licensed professional counselor, is Say because it. of the malpractice insurance, mm-hmm. the liability that we have to hold, meaning as any of that get out in any shape, form, or fashion, I can be sued, and, which means mm-hmm. I can lose my license, mm-hmm. which means everything that I just worked hard for goes down the drain. Done. Right. Um, Ain't nobody worth it. <laughs> right. Period. <laughs> You're telling nobody's business is worth right. it. And the reason why I say that is because there is no Texas regulation test examination board law to be a life coach mm. they're like life coaches a uh, spiritual coach none of that there's no and i say that to get you to understand that that's the difference in having a therapist and a, versus a life coach i didn't even know um, that so yeah. that's, that's and, and that's what and i say it's a lot of things about yeah. not knowing educational yeah. wise mm-hmm. um i've had a person that had a life coach so another thing with therapists we can sign off as providers for like short-term disability yep. medical right. stuff stuff yep. like that but with people having that misconception that it was with a life coach, lady had a baby, had other health problems, was seeing this person, and lost her job because he couldn't provide that paperwork for her. Mm. Because not knowing that she was with a life coach and not an actual licensed professional through the ta- state of Texas because there is no, and, you, and anybody can Google it, research yeah. it, there's nothing. So if I say, Ricky, I've been working with you for a year now, and I think you have enough sense on emotional regulations. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm finna go Google this certificate and I'm finna put Ricky on a life coach. You give me $500, baby. Here you go. You a life coach if you say that. If you that's what you want to be. It was and it's not and it's not that you're downplaying the no, role of a life coach. True. You're just saying it's the it's a legal it's the, right. the the logistics and the legal part of it. Um there that confidentiality yeah. is not kept. It's not there. It doesn't at have all. to be kept. It, have it to does be not. There. It does not. But my thing is you're not held accountable. That right. is the difference. 
Right. Like you can make whatever mistakes as a life coach and do things without these regulations on your back. Um, and I mean, it, it, my bad. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's what it is, though. There's yeah. no versus me in other LPCs and Shantae. You, our license numbers is public. Mm-hmm. You know, so you Google my name and my license is coming up. My all right. this stuff is coming up. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you call the board with a complaint. They send out a suspension letter and say, pause, baby. You can't, you do can't see nobody until this, is done. until this is done. So, yeah, I, I mean, I didn't even know that. So this is very educational. And I think yeah. that uh, that is a big difference yeah. between having a life coach and then having a therapist. So that's very educational to me in itself. Um, and speaking in on the same fashion um, about the trusting of your um, therapist, there is a lot of mistrust in the black community, just in general, mm-hmm. it went in the healthcare field. Mm-hmm. No matter where, what area of healthcare it is, there is a lot of mistrust, you know. Um, and, there, and there is cause for it because mm-hmm. I, I, I did a lot of research in, you know, um, one of the things I kept seeing is, especially among black women, usually when they go to healthcare professionals, their, mm-hmm. their problems are usually minimized or ignored. And so there is a reason why there is this mistrust out there mm-hmm. But do yeah. you guys see that a lot, you know, just, like, in your profession, too? I know it happens, yeah. in, you know, like, you know, with your right. doctors and nurses. Yeah. But does that happen in and to therapy? Be, to be honest, like, not even to be funny, what's the one thing that black people love across the board that it'll make you go crazy? What, chicken? That's what I was <laughs> That's the first thing came to my head. Because I love a good fried chicken. Okay, some money. What, exactly. What? Money. Mm-hmm. That's why I lead. And in my first evaluations, <laughs> I tell people, not only, after everything I just said, too, what I left out most importantly is you can sue me. Mm. Mm-hmm. If I break confidentiality and do these things, you can sue me. Yeah. So that goes also into play of why it's so important that we make sure that we're staying on the guidelines mm-hmm. and the things that yeah. we're supposed to stay on to make sure that people do feel comfortable. Yeah. And because I know my people, I lead with that. Baby, you can sue me. It, 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 that, it, that solves everything. Like, oh, she's not going to sue her? So I'm waiting to hear something in the street. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm front center wait for you to get my ear close to the streets. I can't wait to hear something. Yeah. Right. So that's one of the things is, is the liability is really there to where we not only genuinely do what you love, there is definitely like there's a fear for us, like to make sure that we we don't thin ice over here to do yeah. the right Absolutely. thing. Yeah. You know, Absolutely. so we want to make sure that across the board, no matter how small, even take it back to the Castle Hill time while I was talking about the, the lady with, with money and stuff. Uh, my face has said a lot to her, and she was like, I'm sorry, people have bigger problems than me. And I was like, why would you say that? She was like, your face. And I said, I'm sorry, but let me be very clear. No matter what my face say, no matter how big or small your problem is to me, to you, your problem is always valid. Yeah. Right. Always. Yeah, right. Absolutely. You know, so that's one of the biggest things that I make sure my clients know. Is this, it, my, and that's where people confuse looking like us and being relatable, too, in therapy is that, just because I look like you don't mean I'll be a good therapist. Right. You know, because I may not validate your feelings. I may think that, you know, girl, we both deal with this, whatever, you know. Right. You know what right. I'm saying? In my head. Mm-hmm. But if I'm not remain maintaining that professionalism, it may come off as that way. Right. So it I mean, it really is just about you finding the therapist for you. It's like dating. Therapy is like Absolutely. dating. You gotta find your person. Well that I, I will say that because, you know, I have I'm in therapy and I've been to um I've tried out different therapists yeah. and um I can't say that I've loved any of my therapists mm-hmm. 
But it's also because I just don't feel like they get me. Mm -hmm. You know, like, you just don't get me. And Mm -hmm. so, not that I don't trust them. It's just, I don't feel like you really get where I'm coming from. Mm -hmm. Like, like you said earlier, they're probably looking at me like, what? Like, that's not something like, okay, obviously they're not black. Let's just put that out on the table. (laughs) They're not black. So, like, sometimes I'll say things that, like, only we deal with, really. And they're looking at me like... Okay, okay, I don't see the problem, the you know, smile. like, yeah. and I'm just like, no, that's a problem. And I don't yeah. want to have to explain something to my therapist, you know, that I feel like is understood. Right. So, although, like you said, you yeah. may not, just because I look like you, I may not be a good therapist. I do think we trust each other more, more because because mm-hmm. we feel like, now you got to know what I mean, though. Like, whether you, <laughs> like, I know you got a friend, a homegirl, or somebody who's going right. through the same thing, you know. Right. So, yeah. I, I really do think that, like, like you said, find the right therapist for you. Yeah. But I, I truly feel in my heart that every person that walks the face of the earth needs some form of therapy because we go through a lot. A what? lot. Yeah, like, yeah, we... Okay, let me say something. <laughs> because, you know, I I have... Have you ever, like, been around somebody or thought, like, who hurt you? Oh, uh, yeah. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, all the time because I see it every day. I see people... Who walk around with chip on their shoulders, and I'm like, I, why you wake up in a bad mood? Who hurt you? Right. You, you need to try therapy. Right. <laughs> and and I always tell people one of my things is, especially for our culture, like we only see trauma. I call them big T trauma, little T traumas. We only see the big T traumas: physical abuse, sexual abuse, um, verbal abuse, emotional abuse. Right. And so, like if you feel like I didn't experience any mm-hmm, of those, mm-hmm. then I don't have any trauma and there's no need for that. And then I consider the little T traumas where you felt neglected or you felt like when I presented something to my mom, she really didn't, she didn't acknowledge me or she didn't right. validate me. And I carried that small moment, right? Like that small seed where my mom didn't, uh, didn't acknowledge me or validate me at eight. Now I'm seeking it from other people as a grown ass person. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so, but we don't see that because it's like, well, I was never sexually abused. I was never physically abused. My life was pretty good. Like I had a normal life. And it's like, who are you comparing that to? Right. What's what's the measurement? Like, like to who? You know, so I, and why? I, I get that. And why, yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. why are you even comparing to anything? Right. I mean, to look at you even mm-hmm. and you're telling your story earlier, I wouldn't look at you and think that mm-hmm. everything that you said that that you have been through all of that, you know, because you just, you don't seem like you're someone who, like, you just seem like you're full of life. Um, You're very outspoken. I just wouldn't think that you have been through that, but you've done your healing work, and a lot of people have not mm-hmm. done that because they walk around with chips on their shoulder, and you're like, yeah. like you said, like, who hurt you? Because But I was that bad, I was a little bitch. Oh, <laughs> my God, y'all, these stories. Yeah. And I'd be I like, that chip. it was you the, even, even up until my adulthood to intern. I like, want to hear a story. No, oh, I, I was like, nothing. <laughs> Let her pick one. <laughs> clearly, like I want to hear a story. Over there that I want to hear she a story. <laughs> friend, remember? <laughs> I want to hear. About I can't it. remember who the dude was, but like you, it was the car, and like you. Are you talking about relationship? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That out of all the stories, that's the one you bring but, up. So here's the thing, because <laughs> I have so many clients that I see who are struggling with dating in Dallas, 
and relationships. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, and the the thing is, they be thinking that us as therapists that we be knowing what we doing in some of our relationships, <laughs> and sometimes we don't. We still be out here being toxic mm-hmm. AF. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But I just recall right that one incident when we <laughs> well, let me tell you this story so she don't keep <laughs> up. I want to hear. Okay, it now. so my flaw is I'm verbally abusive in my relationships. I have a okay. bad mouth, bad like I, Ricky. <laughs> Ricky, people, had <laughs> she she doing she I'm better? Working, I'll, I'm a lot better. Uh, yeah, yeah, we yeah. all have our flaws, yeah, yeah. especially when it comes to relationships. Yeah. We yeah, all yeah, yeah. have something we can um, work on. This yeah, years years ago. But so, <laughs> and it's funny because this is my this is my new thing this year that I I, I need people to understand about me and just, I think people need to understand in general. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm gonna face the people when I say this <laughs> is face the people. Friend. I'm not necessarily a nice person. I'm a good person. Right. Okay. That's a word. And I say that because, like, I will give you any and everything. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. but because of my childhood and the lack thereof, I love hard. Mm-hmm. I appreciate my friendships. I'm possessive with my friendships. Like, I am. Yeah. I love my people. Yes, yes. You know. I'm but the same way. Once you get, because it takes you a while. I'm like the onion. It, it's going to oh take you levels gosh. to get there. And, I'm, and, like, I was, I was one of those people to where you, I didn't just meet you and be like, oh, we friends. Right. And I would be like, like I, I was, I had to learn that there's gray in the middle, which is another stigma with the black community. We black or white. Uh, that in mind. Yeah. But I was one of those. <laughs> okay. I was black and white. Right. So like speaking to a coworker, I'm going to speak to you for like, I don't fuck with you. But right. I have to understand, but like, but that's being cordial. Right. Like you got some sense. That's the gray right? area. That's the gray area. Yeah. Act like you got, you got some, some damn sense. sense. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so with that being said, <laughs> I was in this relationship on accident. Okay. Let's God start the accident. Don't act like y'all don't be knowing that y'all be falling into stuff on accident. You be right. like, you wake up and be like, damn, I Anyway, just entertain somebody, then y'all start talking more, then you start hanging out, then boom, you had sex. And then, okay, so you, it's right. a, okay, that was accident. An accident. Okay. Yeah. So then, my thing is, so let me, let me make this very clear. I said, bruh. I'm starting to get in my feelings. I'm feeling you. We need to stop. That's right. And I, I, I made it. I'm, I'm very transparent. I'm an open book. Like I, you won't ever have to question me. Right. You just have. If you struggling with yourself, if, if I'm lying about something, that's you. That's all. But you. I'm very transparent. Right. Like, flaws and all. Right. Like I'm like, baby, I'm walking caution sign. Take your <laughs> risk if you want to. That's how I was. Like, whatever. So. Needless to say, he wouldn't leave me alone. And we continue with this relationship. Okay. And so this person is, he, lust. Walking lust. Speak on okay. it. Speak Walking on lust. It. Okay. And so women flocks to him. So he just feel like he can do what he want to do when he want to do it. So I'm right. helping, I mean, from financially to kids, to, you know, trying to be. everything. So I also believe that. In order to be a wife, you still got to show them you have wife characteristics. You have wife tendencies. I, right. Because you can't I'm, just wake up and be right. married and I'm not one of those people who your wife. That, right. Well, I'm <laughs> yeah. not going to be treating these men like a wife and I'm not a wife. Well, how, how are you going to know that you can ever be a wife if you don't ever <laughs> let Dummy. Them right. Right. <laughs> so that, that's my thought. But hey, you know, the professional hat is off. Yes. I'm not in therapy right now, y'all. But anyway, <laughs> so I felt like when my feelings get played with, oh, man. all bets is off. Oh, okay, man. I'm going to stop you right there. Because I want you guys to check out the next week's episode on part two of this, where we will continue this discussion. Because I don't want you to give out any more details, because I want you to tune in. Tune in. So I'll see you next time.